0: EFTM
1: Tech,
2: cars, lifestyle. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Welcome to the show. Great to have you company. Wonderful to be with you. Um, here a uh, fortnight after the last episode. I don't mind fortnightly. I'll be honest. But it just doesn't help me with regularity in terms of remembering that it's this fortnight, not last fortnight. But the reason I wasn't here last week was my mum was unwell, so I went up to Tamworth uh, very quickly and and went to visit her up there, and I did that on the Tuesday. I did that without even questioning whether or not I should put out a podcast, because breaking news, my family is more important to me than this podcast, and I'm pretty sure you understand that. Um, but um, I'm back, we're all good, and uh, mum's well, don't worry, no worry, she's great, she's fine, and um, it was lovely to see her anyway. Um, we have a bunch of calls to get through on today's show. Um, just because there's been a backlog of emails and, and uh, people to get back to. So we're trying to get through a few of those. If you personally have a tech question, you want to buy something, you're looking for advice, um, or you just want to chat about anything. It can be cars, it can be anything in the world. I don't mind. Um, send me an email. Just go to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. And at some point, I will uh, try and give you a call and we'll get you on the show. I can't get to everyone because uh, I get a lot of emails, but um, I am sure as hell do my best um, to get in touch. And we've got a, a wide variety of different uh, questions and comments today uh, for the people that I will get in touch with. So that's how it works, that's how it is. There's been a lot going on, and um, that's the fun part about running this thing, <laughs> steering this ship. Um, <clears throat> it's been a very, very busy um, week and a half. I'll talk about the competition in a minute, but um, we, we've completely uh, rebuilt the web service, And a massive shout-out to Benny Ball, who uh, just does all that. And, I mean, I can't even – I used to do that kind of stuff. And I still get the kind of general concept of it all. But the world's changed from just (coughs) having a web server, putting a page up, and it just get access. Because when lots of people access something, it gets really, really busy. And the computer that's serving up that content goes, I don't know what's going on here, and uh, becomes a problem. So you need to put in place all these amazing things like content delivery networks which cache the pages so that you're not really accessing the web server. And then there's... Imi- we've have, Ben keeps telling me we have too many photos. I'm like, we like our photos. I like putting up photos of products. My problem is I upload every photo um, and I only use two or three of them. Maybe I need to get better at that. I hear you, Ben. Um, but Ben, your work does not go unnoticed and it means the world to me, the effort you put in, mate. And um, I only wonder how I'm ever going to make it up to you. Um, but the site looks different. It's actually not, you know, to my liking, a, a finished in that sense. I've got a lot of little things I'd love to do to it, but do you know what? It's also just simple. It just works. It is what it is. Um, people don't come to EFTM to sit and browse. People come to EFTM for a thing, um, and that's that's what I love about it. Um, but what I've done is I've rebuilt the homepage so that it's actually more targeted around my radio audience. So on a Tuesday, which is the day I record the podcast as well, I do about 15, 16 radio interviews. It goes across 50-odd radio stations across the country. And we talk about these different articles of the week. So what I've done is I've put an actual tab in there which says on the radio. So the people that come randomly having hearing that can find those articles easily without having to dig through all the content. Plus, of course, separating it out into tech, cars and lifestyle and and go from there. So um, it is what it is. It looks nice. um, And it has been... Um, certainly after the last bit of work we did on the weekend Ben did, <laughs> I didn't know anything um, it's ultra fast, like it's lightning which is great because there's changes coming to the way Google search works where they're going to rank people that have faster sites better than those with slow which I think is terrible because it disadvantages people that can't afford to do the things that you need to do anyway it's a bit weird and, and annoying but hopefully we come up trumps in that um, and just generally have a better reading, reader experience but <clears throat> By the way, it goes down. We have problems. Think These things happen. A lot of people in the Man Cave group going, is everyone having a problem with the, with the website? Like, it's not bulletproof. I don't spend tens of thousands of dollars to have a web server running. I can't. That's just crazy. Um, but hopefully it's reasonably reliable and very fast, and that's what we want it to be. But at the same time, the app, Because a lot of people are like, oh, the app's slow. It's, it's just the website. It's just drawing information from the website. So if the app's sort of slow, because the website's slow, but after the work that Ben did on the weekend, the app is now flying, so that's going really really well and I'm actually quite loving the um the app in its very pure form now we've got a lot of changes and updates to come to the app as well, so lots coming but right now I'm very happy with where it is at um the app was at at best number three in the news category when we launched, which was awesome. It's trending down now at number thirty or something because I'm not it's all based on you know first downloads so. We've had our big bunch of downloads. We've had our core audience download the app. But if you're listening here (coughs) and you've missed everything else, excuse me, um, there's an app available now for iPhone users. Um, Android users, I'll get to in a second. Just relax. Uh, iPhone users, download the EFTM app. So just go to the App Store and search EFTM uh, and you'll get an app. It's cool. That's it. Uh, If you open the app, you will get a a few carousels of content. You'll see what's on the EFTM website. But (coughs) there's also in the app a button that says Win and that button allows you to register for an EFTM ID. Now, I'd like to think of that like a membership code. And in the future, I'd love it to be valid for other things other than just entering competitions, but it is going to be the simplest way for me to now have people enter competitions because I want to do lots more of them and we're about to uh we're about to get a very cool competition happening, so stand by for that. It's going to be awesome, especially if you're a gamer. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and the eftm id will be your entry mechanism that'll be the way you enter the comp which is awesome so get yourself an eftm id you fill in a form you choose sms it sends you an sms code to verify that you are a real person and then the id appears in the app that id code which says eftm dash three code three letters and numbers and then dash three letters and numbers that's your id code that's the that's your key it's unique to you If you delete the app, change phones, when you put your mobile number in again, it'll be the same ID. You can only have one ID. That's your membership code, your EFTM ID, which will be used for a bulk of things going forward. So that's the basics. And for Android users, no. There's no full-featured amazing EFTM app. There's just an app that allows you to get an EFTM ID so that you're not being left out of some of the competitions we do in the future. Now, one of the things I want to say about the app is... I actually didn't envisage the app being a thing you open almost ever. Once you've got your ID, or if you need the ID, you open the app. But otherwise, it's actually not built to be an app that you browse the website in. I still want you to go to the website you normally have, whatever. The app was built so you could have a widget. Now, if you haven't done a widget, it's so cool. You've got to have iOS 14 point something, but get the latest iOS anyway. You should always be up to date with security. But you can put these widgets on your home screen. And a little one, medium sized one, large one, whatever you like, whatever fits best for you, so that you can just instantly, at a glance, when you open your phone, you can see the latest story from EFTM. It doesn't have to be on your homepage, it might be a couple of swipes away. And I've then, what you can also do is you can take those widgets and you can drag them on top of each other or on top of other ones and you can swipe through them so that you can see different widgets. And in this case, you can go a tech, a cars, a lifestyle widget and you can flick through those. It's very cool. It is exactly how I want it to be. And to James, who built it, you're a friggin' legend. It's so good. I love it. And I'm looking forward to ticking a few more boxes because the second thing I wanted the app to do is push notifications. So don't worry. It's not going to be a bombardment. What I want you to be able to do is say, I want everything. I want a notification whenever you upload something. And remember, we rarely do more than four or five things a day. So it wouldn't ever be overwhelming. But I also want you to say, I only want cars or I only want tech or I only want lifestyle, or I only want the biggest news. And so I'll tag something, biggest, and only then will you get that notification. And it might be an exclusive story, it might be breaking news, or it might be something that we we just are proud of or think it's a a big story. And those, I'm not going to make a guarantee, but those would be certainly never more than one a day. So maybe a few a week. And I think that getting those push notifications allows me to really make sure that you've got that one-to-one connection. Because remember right now, if you are liking our Facebook page, it could be hours before you find out that we posted something, if ever. And the same with YouTube. If you subscribe, you might not get a notification of a YouTube video for a day. It's ridiculous. So I want this one-to-one direct association with you and that's what the app will allow us to do. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, And the (laughs) the big driver for the app was giving away a car so we're a a lot of money out of pocket but we're we're very happy because marie from western sydney has won on sunday night we did a live stream it's fun to watch i've watched it back i quite enjoyed it um i drew we drew the winner using a uh, authorized random draw um system which was all in the terms and conditions uh and marie was drawn out as the winner um And my initial reaction was, oh, I don't know that name. You know, is this person, uh, you know, a regular or not? Um, In the the radio industry, there's a thing called prize pigs, right? They're people that enter everything and they win a lot. I didn't want uh, someone who just liked EFTM for the competition. And those people aren't listening right now, so I'm fine with that. I didn't want people who found it on Oz Bargain and just wanted to win a car. I wanted someone who knew what EFTM was or knew who I was. And Marie knew who I was. She's emailed me many times. She's been on the podcast. I think she's been on the radio shows over the years. Um, she has been in touch with me in some way, shape, or form for almost 14 years. Um, listening, reading. She gets my emails, and that just made my heart melt that she was a genuine um, listener, follower, reader, whatever you want to call it. And it's awesome. Um, so hopefully Thursday, I'm going to drive over and see Marie and give her the car. We're going to go to service New South Wales, sign over the rego, so I pay for all that so that she owns the car. Now, <coughs> I will say this. Maria is 71 years old, I think, she told me. Um, and she, she said, I'm a bit nervous that it's going to be a bit low for me because she currently drives a Kia Sportage, which is kind of a mini SUV. And I said, Maria, sell the car. And he, her voice kind of stopped. And she went, oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I think she was thinking about it because a Hyundai i30 might not be the perfect car for her. You know, she ought to be in there to win it. And I said, Maria, right now, the new car and the used car market are flying. This car costs $30,500. You may well get certainly 20. You may get 25. I have no dramas if you sell the car. None dramas at all. You're a, You're a valid winner. You're a lucky winner. And it may not be the perfect car for you. So my tip to you people is keep your eyes open for a Hyundai i30 with a couple of hundred Ks on it and an EFTM sticker on the side, and a dash cam and window tinting could well be on the market soon. I'm thinking, should I buy it? Should I buy it back? (laughs) Um, But I'm not really in the market for a car right now, and I kind of do want my next car to be electric, so it's probably not for me, but there could well be an affordable i30 brand new on the market very, very soon. That's all I'm saying. But she was very happy. She was delighted, and I can't wait to meet her, hopefully later this week. Thank you to everyone for entering. I know all the pod fans... Pod fan, that was the code word. If you didn't work that out, my God, how hard was it? And I had, I'm going to say this, the Man Cave boys know I I whinged about this to them, but I had a couple of really narky, snarky comments. And yes, it's all well and good to say, just ignore them. But, you know, they hit hard. People are going, it was rigged and all this. I'm like, you're kidding. And one bloke who emailed me saying it was really hard and he tuned out because he didn't want to win anymore because it was so hard to find all the things. I'm like, it's not meant to be easy. It's it's cost me $30,000. It's not meant to be easy. Anyway, um, thank you to the 99.9% of people who just said well done and congratulations, Marie. That made me feel very good about the competition, the win, and Marie, and I'm glad she's um, she's she's happy, and I look forward to delivering the car to her very soon. This is the EFTM Podcast. The AFTN. Thank you for listening. Uh, Travel along with you, taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com. That's what Martin did. G'day, Martin.
3: G'day, Martin. How are you?
2: Yeah, really good. What can I do for you?
3: Well, I've got uh, – my internet is a bit topsy-turvy because I've got home internet and I've also got uh, internet at my holiday house. Mm. And we've got two mobiles and we've got a mobile dongle. And it just gets out of control because some of it's prepaid, some of it's postpaid, and I just want to – First question was really, is there anybody who offers an NBN service, fixed line service, to more than one house at a reasonable price? Because they all treat it on the basis that you only have one premises.
2: Yeah, no, I don't know many people that bundle multiple fixed line plans. Um, uh, It's just not common enough for for, for that to be a viable kind of offer. You might find some that give you, you know, essentially a loyalty discount for having multiple services. Um, but, you know, the, the second place, obviously, it's it's you don't go there all the time, or is it, is it rented out? How, how does that work, the second place?
3: No, well, let's just assume for the purpose of the argument we spend 50, 50% of the week in, in one okay. place and 50% in the other place. Yep. So so one place has never been used while the other one is being used. Yeah. So,
2: so yeah, you, you're not using them at the same time, but they both need to be connected. That's, that's the bottom line. That's right. Um, that's look, the bottom line. If, I think... Oh, no, there's no there's no simple solution to that problem because um, that they are treated as separate businesses, separate um, uh, addresses. There's simply nothing much you can do about that. And the cheapest, you know, low-speed NBN plan is you know fifty, sixty bucks. Um yes. So you are, you know, so you got. What do we say? We got so we have got two houses. So let's just put those at you know seventy each. That's hundred and forty yep. a month. Then you, what else have you got? You got a couple of mobile phones.
3: Yeah. Then we've got a mobile dongle as well.
2: What have you got the mobile dongle
3: for? for? Well, that's historic because one of the mobile phones is pre, is postpaid. So um, whenever I'm not at one of the houses, I, to connect to the internet, I've got to take the mobile dongle. So the question is, the second question really is whether or not it's just simpler to rely on two mobile phones. One's on a plan with 30 gig of data, get rid of the... Um, the uh, prepaid mobile and the dongle and just get another plan, you know, with, say, another 30 gigs of data. That should yep. be fine and then just forget the NBN services altogether.
2: It's completely possible, but what what are you doing on the NBN? What, what, what devices are connecting to that internet and what are you consuming via that internet?
3: Well, mainly it's email and web browsing. Mm-hmm. What At about the streaming? Occasion, yeah, a little bit of streaming, mm-hmm. once a week maybe.
2: And the big question is, do you think that's going to get more? Because it's all well and good to have a little bit of streaming now, but in a year from now, if you end up doing, you know, streaming every night, you're going to want the NBN back.
3: No, I don't think we're going to stream every night. It's not enough time for that. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) we don't have that much time to watch TV like that anyway.
2: No, oh, well, that's, that's, uh, mate, I, I do think then that you are on the right track. I think that if you were to, to cancel those NBN services, right, that's 140 yep. a month, right? Now, yep. um, you know, you do need, I think, to get your, your house in order in terms of the mobile plans you've got, and you need to be very good at monitoring them because you do not want to suddenly, you know, hit the limit on those, um, right. you know, because that, that can cost a lot of money, right?
3: Yeah, um, well, my wife's got 30 gig of data and she never comes anywhere
2: near it. Perfect. Okay. And the only thing then to do before you do all this disconnecting is to check how much data you're actually using on your NBA yes, plans. So, yes. Because if they're using 100 each, then there's something else you're doing that's, that's costing yes. your data. Now, what I would do then is I, I would look to have two phones. Now, you can absolutely hotspot from your phones. Right. Totally and utterly. There, there's, there's, that was... What, yeah. I would give that a try to start with. And so you end up with just two accounts, two phones, make them, you know postpaid or contract-based, so you're not you know, having to recharge them and all that stuff, um, yep. and you well, you might be spending, what, 60 bucks a month there, maybe, $70 yep. on each yep. mobile phone. Um, yep. If that feels like the, the process of hotspotting is a pain, because that, to be honest, is my big friction point with hotspotting, you've got to turn right. the hotspot on. Then you've yes. got to go to the Wi-Fi and connect it. And if you're trying to use a TV, you've got to turn the hotspot yes. on and then get the TV to connect. It's a bit of a pain in the bum. Because hotspots don't stay on permanently on a phone because they chew through the battery enormously. Um, So if that becomes a friction point for you, then what I would recommend is looking at um, Telstra's Nighthawk modem. So they have the Netgear Nighthawk. It's a little tiny device, smaller than the size of a CD, but thicker than a CD case. And it's got another SIM card in it, so it's another plan. Um, Right. And and essentially what you do then is what you do is you put all your eggs in that basket. You pay decent amount for a plan there for ha- perhaps you might pay twenty bucks a month for the device because you'll pay it off over time. But you could pay seventy five dollars a month, right? Right. Four hundred gigabytes of data.
3: Yeah, there'd be plenty. Just just yeah. to put
2: this in perspective, right? $75 a month for 400 gigabytes of data on this little device that your TV will connect to, your phones will connect to by default as their Wi-Fi network. And and what you can do is you could then downgrade your mobile plans to have a lot less data. You right. Know, just put 5 or 10 gigabytes of data on it. so you're paying less on your mobiles. You've got this one plan on your uh, on your mobile hotspot. And you are absolutely flying.
3: And and this Nighthawk is uh, transportable? Yeah,
2: a little portable thing. And here, like, I don't want to get too complex on you, Martin, but you could have, at each house, you could set up a a proper Wi-Fi network. You'd have to invest in it, but, you know, you could set up a proper, like, Orbi mesh Wi-Fi system, which is great Wi-Fi. And what you do is every time you get there, you plug the Nighthawk, because it's got an Ethernet connection, you plug it into the back and the and the and the wi- Wi-Fi system thinks that you're just connecting to an MBN. It doesn't care. It's internet. And then when you go to the other house, you plug the Nighthawk into that system, so that you don't All even right. need to rely on the the actual physical Wi-Fi on this little Nighthawk, which is small. You know, not a big, not not a wide range. You know, will work across the house, but it'll be slower the further you are are from it. So there's some interesting things you could do. So I think we start with hotspotting. So cancel yep. the MBNs hotspot only, and then you go. Yep. This is a bit of a pain in the bum. We're going to downgrade our mobile plans. We're going to get the Nighthawk M5 from Telstra and we're going to buy a bit of data. Now, by the way, there's a cheaper plan too. There's $45 a month for 75 gig of data. That's pretty good. Uh, um, that's pretty good. You know, that's that's good for Telstra, let me be clear. Um, and, and then you work your way through it and, and you get better and you enhance it from there. But you're carrying that mobile with you. No matter where you go, that Wi-Fi comes with you. You just got to keep it charged, mate. Buy a couple of extra power power cords, plug one in at each house, so that it's always charging when you get home.
3: Always charging, yeah. yeah. That sounds good. That I've got, I've got like one in week.
2: our car, mate. We, we've got one of those, little Nighthawk, in our car. Because then the kids, when we're on a road trip, the kids have got Wi-Fi. The the, the, wow. uh, dash, the dash cam's connected to Wi-Fi all the time. So I can, no matter where my car is parked, I can look out the front and back window. I can see right. where it is. Yeah.
3: Okay, and, and have you got something on your website about this?
2: Yeah, if you look up, I've done a review of the Nighthawk M5 for sure.
3: Okay, I'll look at that. That sounds great. Good on you, Martin. Okay, thanks for that help. That was good. No
2: worries okay. at all. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating one because, you know, you think you need the NBN, but in reality, if your usage is quite low, there are alternatives. You know, Optus's 5G um, is fantastic. Vodafone is about to launch home broadband style plans as well through 5G. There's a lot going on in that space. So, uh Yeah. Good uh, good thinking. And uh, my, my initial thought when I saw the concern and the, and the problem was, nah, mate, you're going to need the Mbn. But, you know, if you look at your usage and you're not overusing the internet, <laughs> mobile can be the solution. Anyway, I um, uh, hope that helps, Marty, and uh, get in touch if uh, you need more help. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's keep going with
4: calls. G'day, Stephen. Hey, Trevor, how are you? Yeah,
2: really good, mate. What can I do for you?
4: Um, I've got, listening to yourselves, uh, you and Stephen, about the various Arlo products. I've got Orbi, and I've got Arlo cameras, and I've got Arlo uh, doorbell and chime at home, yep. and we've got an Airbnb that we've just bought. Well, we've got bought a house down in Barrel, okay. and we've was being run as an Airbnb and and we're going to continue to do so to help pay off the mortgage. And so there's certain restrictions about what you can have and what you can't have in terms of uh, cameras and various bits and pieces. But one of the things that's really good about the Arlo doorbell at home, you push it, it's linked to my camera. You know, I can answer it anywhere. We were in Japan and the guy pushed the doorbell and I was able to talk to him. So I just wanted to do the same thing for down here. Yep. Now, I was going to get the video doorbell, the essential. But when I tried to connect it, it just it just wouldn't work. And so I took it back to JB. They were kind enough to swap it over, and tried it again. And I get this, you know, the spinning ball on a grey on a grey background. And somebody said it's because you've got an iPhone XS, a large large one. And I, I tried it. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But I tried it on my Android, and I had the same issue. So whenever you you could hear really, really well, but you couldn't see anything. Yeah. So having a doorbell like that would have been really good. But after two attempts, I don't think I wore my, you know, I'll tell opportunity stimulator. I'll tell you
2: what the problem is. It's 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 the it's the Wi-Fi connection at that point. Um, I've had the Arlo video doorbell at the office. Doesn't it does the exact same thing? I get audio but no video when it's on the concrete pillar. So there's this huge Wi-Fi blockage, basically. But when I put it on the glass door, it works an absolute treat. So I know for a fact that it's the strength of signal that that was causing me the drama. Um, Now, you're not going to solve that overnight unless you, you know, really boost the Wi-Fi and whatnot down there. Um, But…
4: Yeah. Well, actually, it's interesting that you said that because where I actually did all the work to test it Mm -hmm. was actually at home and it it was attached to a concrete pillar.
2: And and it was giving you the grief or…
4: Yeah, it was giving me the grief because I tested it at home before I brought it down here. And I think
2: I think it's the placement of the antennas in the device. I don't... Okay. Look, you know, I can't, you've got to remember, this is a thing that's sitting flush up against. So but people think, oh, no, I've got Wi-Fi in the backyard and I've got a concrete wall or whatever. Yeah, but you're sitting outside like three metres from the wall, you know, sipping pina colada. There's, there's ways for the Wi-Fi to kind of get around the wall to you, whereas this thing is flush up against the wall and yep. ain't no Wi-Fi just ducking around the side. So that... In my view, that's what it was. So I ended up going, well, I'll just put it on the glass at the office. There's a glass door. i just put it on there, and it was absolutely perfect. But my my question is, is the video the most crucial thing, or is just being able to answer the door the most important thing? Because what I actually think is still one of Arlo's best products is the voice doorbell, the audio doorbell.
4: It's bloody yeah, amazing. and, and it's that's tiny. exactly what I wanted to do. Um th- Voice is better than video. It's being able to, if somebody pushes the doorbell, to actually able to answer Intel. it rather than necessarily see them. Yep. I don't get parcels or anything left down here. Yep. So, but the problem is, I almost ordered the doorbell and chime, and I saw some fairly negative reviews because uh, at the moment it's fairly cheap on Kogan, And and what happens? You need a hub, and I've got a hub at home, oh, but I don't good. have one down here. True, so whilst true. whilst the connections were fairly inexpensive for the two units, like very cheap compared to when I first bought them, I need a hub. So that then boosts the price way out of the ballpark. Yeah, it does. So that's why when you look at something like – So that's why, why I basically call it's better, a better product yeah.
2: because it, it works on its
4: own, yeah. And then, yeah, so that's why I thought I'd give you a call and, and try and work out – I've looked up, tried to find smart doorbells that just do that, like the Arlo. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I can't find anything. They're all video doorbells. No, because they're all trying to compete. Wireless.
2: you got to remember, Ring started this whole world, and uh, the Ring doorbells are great, but now that I look back on my very first review of a Ring, I'm looking at it going, geez, man, it was, it was horrible. But at the time, it was amazing, right? But, you know, we've come a long way. We expect a lot more of it. But I, I do still look at it and go, I actually just prefer the simple voice doorbell. Um, now... There's, there's a lot of other products out there, but I just don't think you're going to get the solution because you're going to come up with that same problem, right, which is, you know, uh, connectivity and reach from whether it's a cheap-ass video doorbell or an expensive one, same problem. I, I don't know of another vi- uh, voice doorbell, uh, I'll be honest, yeah. that, you, that,
4: that you can get. That and that's just it. I yeah. did lots of Googling and various other bits and pieces. It was just nothing, you know, I said, What's you got Arlo what cameras? compares?
2: you got Arlo cameras at home? Yeah, I do. they essentials or hub? Not,
4: uh, they're hub. And I've got the video – I've got the big floodlights as well. One is attached to Wi-Fi. The one's connected to the hub. Yeah, right. I was just going to say, but this, down here, there's
2: no way of, you know, uh, switching it around there. So you take your hub down there and you, you convert everything, if they're essentials, to Wi-Fi bits,
4: probably. Yeah, no, no. It's one of the first ones. I've been waiting. To, at some point, I'll upgrade uh, to a, you know, a more sophisticated system, you know, like a higher res and that in the future. But it was really just down here – um, it was really just to answer the doorbell. So when people can't can't use the lockbox to get in, they can just push the doorbell, and then um, I can talk to them and talk them through any issues they may have. Yeah. Uh, like they can ring me on the phone, but I just thought it was convenient to be able to totally. You know,
2: um, yeah, I, I think so. uh, I'm 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 out of out of luck on ideas. Other people might have suggestions, but because of the hub situation, the voice doorbell becomes uh, a a pain unless you know eBay. There's you, literally you can buy. Second-hand Arlo units because you don't care for the camera, right? You just want the hub. Um, Yeah, and
4: that's and I've not, to be honest, I've not done that. So the secondary question that goes with it. Well, now I probably think the Arlo essential video doorbell will work um, because it's on a wood background down here. It's on a it's on a wood post, not the concrete post that I had at home uh, where I did all the testing. But the other one is okay. I've got Arlo for all my bits, but the Eufy uh, video doorbell, actually comes up pretty well-priced um, as, a, as a package, including a hub.
2: Mate, the the price is a great thing, but, I mean, their security dramas this week put me off them for life. Okay. Did you hear about that? I mean, you open up the app to, to look at your camera and you see someone else's camera in someone else's different house, different people, like a different thing. Like, not cloud, just actually direct into their cameras. That's some crazy stuff. And I'm sure it was a, an error. I'm sure it was a problem, but far out, that freaks me out. But you know what? It's a it's just for the Airbnb. It's just a doorbell. Maybe it's worth that. You know, because it's not that big a deal, right? It's just a doorbell. So, um, yeah. You know, I I I, I think the UFI is probably the only solution you can get if, if you if it's the cheapest solution with a hub that's going to bridge that gap. The video doorbell, the only problem with the uh, going saying to you the Arlo video doorbell essential will work because it's wood and everything, assuming you've got great Wi-Fi there, is you're still left with how often do you go down there because you've got a battery, you've got to recharge, but that's the case with all of them anyway.
4: Uh, yeah, one of the great things, because we, we run it this way, we actually, and it's a fantastic thing about working from home, I actually work in Melbourne, but I don't travel down there. Uh, well, we've not been able to travel down for a while. And so I just work from down here during the week, and we bugger off back home to Sydney for the weekend. So I get the best of both worlds.
2: Oh right, yeah, that's perfect then. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like so to think can that the the Arlo will work down there if the Wi-Fi signal is good at the door, and and you only tested it at home, and that wasn't the the real world scenario for it. You might end up finding out that's actually that's actually still your solution. But yeah. Just go to a different JB so they're not they're not thinking. What are you doing? <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, I will. No, you've given me well two good options. One, you're probably right um, with regards to the concrete. This, as I said, it's just on an old wooden door, so that's that yep. helps there. The other one is I can go on eBay and have a look for a for a secondhand hub.
2: Yeah, and mate, look uh, for that, somebody that, who doesn't want one. And and, and filing failing that, just get the cheap you mate and and get it done. Um, um, the the. Mate, even Laser have, at their Connect Smart Home range at uh, Harvey Norman, they have a, a doorbell that doesn't require a hub. So, and I'm, actually, how he reviewed it on EFTM, you'd have to search for it. It'd be, I think it'd be under Connect Smart Home Doorbell. But, you know, he was blown away by it. He thought it was a great product. It's like a $60 doorbell. So maybe just keep it real simple. Check out the Harvey Norman one as well.
4: Yeah, I will do. No, I really appreciate your help. It's right, fantastic talking
2: to you. No worries at all, mate.
4: Enjoy your golf. Ah, Thanks,
2: mate. Looking forward to it. Cheers, buddy. Um, Stephen's obviously a two-blokes talking tech listener as well, and uh, we are playing golf this Friday. Stephen and I are looking forward to just swinging a golf club for giggles. I'm I'm not competitive. I just want to get out and have a couple of hours where I don't worry about my phone more than anything else. Uh, Get in touch. If you've got a question, go to the website, theftm.com. Now, I wanted to acknowledge um the passing of a rugby league immortal Bob Fulton who uh died on Sunday afternoon and um it's just it hit me real hard. Um I got a I got a message to say that uh, Ray Hadley had been on the continuous call team and announced that that Bob had passed. I've since listened to Ray make that announcement and it would have been probably the hardest thing he's ever done. He certainly said that. He was very emotional about it. Um I've been in touch with Ray, and he he's obviously shattered. And he was he was a best mate, Bob Fulton, he and I. He had they had worked together for 30 years. But I met Bob when I started at TUE in 2001. I was working on the talking uh, what's it called Sports Today with Peter Bosley and Andrew Moore at night. And because you're in the kind of sports department, you know different things come up, and it's like we need a phone operator this weekend for the talking league team. Can you come in? Yeah, I'll come in. Answer the phones easy. And you learn, you know, how hard it is to do a certain certain show. And then they needed someone to write sports updates, so I did that. So I became part of the talking league team off air. Um, and it was amazing working with Chippy, Brandy, uh, Bob Fulton, Steve Roach, um, Ray Hadley. It was an awesome team. And there was only there was five of them. But there was only ever four on air. So there was always one of them, you know, laying on the couch having a nap or chatting, uh, off air. It was it was just really cool dynamic, and um. It was high pressure. I I'd had produced a rugby league show before that. I produced The World of Football with Andrew Moore in 96, 97, 98? 97, 98. Um, at 2GB up against Ray Hadley. And I was like, ah, oh, that was really hard to win. But we tried really hard. Anyway, I, um, I, I worked there at 2 E, And then uh, the big shift happened. Everyone went from 2 E to 2GB. I negotiated a bit back and forth to see where I'd go. And I ended up going to 2GB. And I worked, again, on the phones on the continuous call team. Uh, over at 2GB. Um, after, I think, only six months or a year of that, I became the executive producer of the show. And it was the best time I've had in my career. It was just so much fun. The show was easy because we didn't do a lot. It was just phone calls that I had to vet. Uh, take I would be the person answering the calls if you rang. Uh, and we, we wouldn't have to get many interviews because the boys just talked rubbish. But, you know, I, I was the guy that had to ring David Gallup or Graham Annesley, whoever it was, and get them on the phone and... Get them up on the on the radio, um, or find a coach or find a player, and it was an easy job because you were calling to ask a player if they wanted to speak to Ray Hadlin, Bob Fulton, and Steve Roach and Peter Fralingos and the like. Um, you know, it was a rough time when we lost Peter Fralingos. Um That was probably the hardest weekend of of my working life was putting uh, together a show with different presenters and announcers and highlights of Chippy's life and career after he passed. Um, and it kind of actually solidified us as a team. But what became um, very obvious to me was Bob Fulton was a friggin' legend. And here's the thing. I, I was not a rugby league fan. I didn't really know how good he was as a footballer. I knew he was an immortal, but I didn't understand what that meant. I was an F1 fan, right? I love the touring cars. And But I just did the job. If Bob said, get me certain per-, and he named a person, I'd say, stand by. And I'd, a, I'd Google who that was, <laughs> and then I'd ring them. Uh, I'd find the number and I'd ring them, and I could get anyone. I could track anyone down. It was it was one of the skills I had or what I loved doing. And Bob was just so much fun. He had a larrikin attitude, but he was kind and genuine. He showed great love and affection for Amanda, the kids. Um, asked about them all the time, um, and he was just such a great bloke. And then we got to go out to his farm at Quambone. And I'm not a I'm not a drinker normally, but you know, you go on to the farm, the boys have got beers, I I bought UDLs and Ruskies and I got I got drunk out there with the boys. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun things, things that will stay with us forever. And and just sitting with Bozo around a fire. Um, just walking around Bozo's farm, mending fences on Bozo's farm. Um, it was a it was a life experience that I'll, I'll never forget. And the second time I went there I remember very clearly, and I talked about this in my email this week, um, we had to go to town, and town is like an hour and a half away. And we we drove there and back, essentially talking about the next couple of years of the show, of the of the radio station, and negotiating his contract. It was my job to negotiate his contract for the next couple of years. He was off contract. And we needed to sign him. And we did the deal in the car. And we went back to the house, and we drank a bit more, and we, we fi- finalized the deals. And when I got back, I put it in writing, and he signed it. He was a man of his words. And it was it was amazing to... This is a bloke who wasn't just a great footballer, he was a great businessman as well. He has a lot of business assets and business interests. He, he knew business, he knew contracts. And here I was negotiating. It was, a, you know, what was I 20 a 20-something-year-old? Negotiating with a, an Immortal of the Game uh, a radio contract for the coming years. And and he, he did it, he stuck with it. In fact, but it's funny, and, and no disrespect meant to Brandy, but um, I did the same with Brandy, Greg Alexander. And we kind of came to a terms, and Brandy ended up not signing the contract. He ended up going, I think, to Fox Sports at the time, which, let's be clear, was a brilliant move. Um, but at the time, I was gutted because I thought I'd done the deal and then I lost him. And Bob uh, was very, very important to me at that time because he gave me a lot of advice at the time about how to handle that and, you know, how to play it. And um, he was great like that. You could ring him at any time and just have a chat. He was awesome. He was a great man. To me, he wasn't an amazing footballer. He was just a great bloke, great character, um, and someone who, who never, never missed a beat giving his time. And The same goes for his wife, Anne. She was just the most lovely person, and I have the greatest respect for her and what they've gone through. Um, to Anne, to Brett, to Scott, to, to Christy, um, to the whole Fulton family, my, my thoughts go out to you. Um, Gladys Berejiklian announced an hour and a half ago that there would be a state funeral, and I respect that she said in the in the announcement <coughs> she's overruled the advice she was given and and she will go with the state funeral, which means that whoever the you know people that make those decisions are didn't see that Bob met the criteria bit, but it will be an overwhelming thing, and there'll be a lot of people there, and there'll be bloody cavalcades of people with manly flags <coughs> driving from the northern beaches I'm sure um but he will be sorely missed i'm I'm glad that he um was able to con- confide in people like um, Ray and, and others, Paul Kent and, and others around his illness and was able to do it privately because I think that's a really important thing for, for Bob and for the family. Those things, when they play out publicly, I don't know, they become a bit of a spectacle and especially for someone of, of Bob's profile. So it's kind of lovely that he was able to do that but utterly sad that he passed uh, on the weekend and he'll be sorely missed. And um, the tributes are all befitting the man Without any question, and uh, I'll miss him greatly. And um, I kind of regret not having much contact with him over the last few years because, from Bob's point of view, I, I was kind of embroiled in in a different side of a of an argument, which he was on another side of. What he didn't realize was that you know I came out on a different side and on on his side. More moreover, so um, I didn't get to kind of speak to him much about that. But anyway. I'm sure he knew deep down where I stood. And uh, and I'll I'll miss being called Standby because he's the only person that ever got to call me that. But I'll tell you what I'm going to play right now. I'm going to play a song that would have made Bob laugh. And he would have loved the fact that I even bothered to get this done.
1: It might sound crazy what I'm about to say But Trevor
2: Trevor along with you, taking your calls. If you've got a question, go to the website, eftm.com. Uh, We'd love to help you out. G'day, Maurizio. Hey, Trevor. How are you going? I'm yeah, really good, buddy. And uh, how's life for you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What can I do for uh, you? I have a question about digital wallets. Yes. Now, if I go to use a digital wallet, will it be using uh, the
1: savings or credit on on my card?
2: It's a great question. Now, I can tell you right now, I've been using the Apple Pay system for since it launched, like literally day one. Um, yep. Obviously, with an Amex, there's no option. Um, but I've only got experience with a couple of banks, but I can tell you it is bank and card dependent, so you need to check. So, for example, we've just switched our homeowner stuff to Commonwealth, so we've got like all these accounts. And I can tell you right now that they do it as well. So on a credit card, obviously, it's just going to not give you an option. But on both my ANZ kind of... I don't know, the you know, normal account I use, like a savings account. When I double-click and I go Apple Pay, it says choose payment option, Visa or F-Post savings. Right. Now, by default, it's I don't know, it probably always stays on Visa, but I can tick a, I can slide the little thing over and it says F-Post savings. If I choose my Bank offset kind of normal account, not a credit card, it says MasterCard or F-Post savings. So I can cool. choose whether I want it to be a credit or debit transaction. Nice, because I've been using my normal card. Instead of using the tap and pay, which automatically goes to credit. Yeah, and there's a fee. That's right. I now use savings. So I thought to myself, oh, if I use a digital wallet, would it do the same as a normal card, just go straight to credit, which yeah. I don't want to do. Have you got, um, uh, have you got a Apple or Google? I've got Google. So I can't, obviously, I don't have Google Pay in front of me. I can't 100% speak to the fact that it has that same option. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine it, wouldn't Like, that'd be madness. So, uh, mate, add your card to Google Pay. And then what you do is you go to make a payment. So I'm just sitting here at my desk and I'm double-clicking to make a payment as if I'm going to buy something. And, yeah, it just comes up Visa or F-Post Saving. And let me be clear, it wasn't originally there. That was not always the case. It kind of appeared once and I went, oh, what's that? That's interesting. Right. Um, and it answered that like, question of people being you know, upset about this kind of push towards tap and go. And, um, you know, there's fees and people don't realize. And, okay, it's a couple of yeah. cents in a dollar. I'm not stressed about it personally. But I get the fact that it's it's more, more money. So, yeah, give it a try, man. Add your card and uh, check whether you've got the Visa savings option. And if you don't, then first question is ask your bank whether that's a possibility because it definitely isn't every card. Now, it it could be bank dependent and also just could be as simple as obviously I've only looked at other credit cards and they wouldn't give you the savings option. So, yeah, it's totally possible to bypass the credit charges by using savings on an Apple Pay or hopefully Google Pay um, situation. I'd love you to try it and let me know, man, because I've not tried my card on Google Pay for a little while. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go and I'll let you know what happens. Thanks, legend. No worries, thank good you. Man. And if uh, you got a question like Maurizio, just get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. <music> Trevor, along with you, and another caller on the line. G'day, Mike. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Um, I've purchased a new Chromecast Goal with the remote.
2: So, the, the new uh, Chromecast with Google TV. Yep, that's one. Did they have colours when you went to buy it? Because there was originally a lot of colours, but then I think they only sell on the white now.
4: Uh, it was only the white one.
2: Bummer. Anyway, what's happening with it? You love it? Love it.
3: Um, used to have the old Google Chrome. Get Foxtel everything with this one. Yeah, all the um, apps are on the TV, but I can't get Fox, which I used to have.
2: Right. So at this point, no, the Foxtel or Foxtel Go app is not on the Google Chromecast itself. Yep. But- I only did it last night. You can still cast from your iPad or iPhone.
4: So that's what I've been trying to do.
2: Oh really? And you can't do that? Yeah.
3: No, and it just will not allow it just comes up. It's sort of basically Foxtel um, it's asking you to try and log in again. I tried that and it just won't accept any casting of Foxtel.
2: So on your phone, so let's just separate the Chromecast out for a minute. And can you still watch Foxtel on your phone?
3: Yes. So that but works –
2: but when yeah, you're, when you're at home on the Wi-Fi, does the Wi-Fi, does the cast button appear? Yes. And when you click the cast button, it gives you a list of your Chromecasts, including the, the new one?
3: That part I haven't looked at.
2: So That's maybe
3: where I'm going wrong.
2: So what, I mean, if you only got one Chromecast in the house? No, about four, okay. but so they're should, all separate. Yeah. Like at my joint, when I click that Chromecast button... I get like 10 devices because like some of the TVs apparently have Chromecast built in, but then I don't think it's as good as having a separate Chromecast. Yada, yes. yada, yada. I've got like labels for every bedroom, dining room, office, lounge room. It's yep. crazy, right? And same, so, same. So I opened, well, last night I wanted to watch Paul Murray, so I open up Foxtel Go. Have you got Foxtel Now or Foxtel? Have you got a box at home?
4: Um, well, we've got both actually.
2: Are you paying so, for a separate Foxtel Now subscription?
3: Yes, that's on only on one device, which is mine because it's cast to separate area, and yeah, that's right. what I'm having issues with.
2: Wow, and and so you've also got a Foxtel account as well.
3: Yep. Why? Multiples. Why? Ah, oh, it's just um, it's just been there, and I haven't changed it.
2: Mate, you're <laughs> flying, obviously. Jesus. Yes. No one's yeah. looking at your accounts. Um, that's right. Because, mate, you know, with Foxtel now, you could cast to multiple TVs. Anyway, anyway, you you worry about that in the future. Um, yep. So on mine. When I opened it up last night, I got the Foxtel um, Go app, I chose live TV, and the stream started on my phone, and then I clicked the, the Chromecast button, and then a white box comes up, and it gives me a list of all the devices, and then I click on Office TV, and a Foxtel logo comes up on the screen, and then a yes. couple of seconds later, the stream starts. But you're,
3: I'll try that again. You don't have problems on the old standard Chromecast. It's only, only on
2: being the new one. One. Yep. Wow. That's super frustrating. So the only yes. other thing I mean the only other thing I can suggest is that you um two things. You can delete the app and, and reinstall it, log back into the app and, and see whether that just gives it a bit of a kick up the bum. Frankly, rebooting yep. the phone might do that. Um, yes. getting going into the airplay mode and back off um, you know, might reconnect it to the Wi Fi network and give you a better connectivity. That sometimes works. Um but outside of that, the Chrome the Google Chromecast itself shouldn't need any, any work or any settings or anything done because it, it's inherently that's what it does. So the other yep. thing to try is a different app, so, but not YouTube. Um, yep. and I say that because YouTube and Google are the same thing. Sometimes it's smarter and it, has, it doesn't actually use Chromecast. It's kind of using, a, it's, it's using Chromecast, but it's more direct connection. Maybe try something like Nine Now or a Stan, Netflix, so something else that can Chromecast and see whether yep. you can get a picture on the screen. Because that essentially solves the question of, is my phone still working here with this Chromecast? And I'd be amazed if it wasn't. Amazed. It should be better and more reliable. So try with yeah, Netflix wrong. or Stan, and, yep. then, and then go back to the square one with the, with the Foxtel app, maybe reboot, airplane mode, log out, delete, reinstall, those kind of things. Annoying, but I, I, it should work. Absolutely should work. There's no Foxtel app on the remote, but you can still cast from your still phone strange. or iPad, yeah
3: yeah I'll give that a try tonight.
2: All right. No worries, mate. Good luck. Thank you. No worries at all. And if you've got a question like Mike, uh, be like Mike, uh, send me an email. Go to the website, eftm.com. <music> Trevor along with you. T- taking your calls. If you've got a tech question, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. G'day, Carol. Hello, Trevor. And how are you today?
1: I'm well, thank you. Very good.
2: What can I do for you?
1: Um, I need to buy a new phone. Mm -hmm. I've got an Apple 5S. The battery keeps running out on me. Um, I just need to – I just wanted some advice. Um, I'm in the older, very much older age group. You do not say a day like... over 25. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. I just want something uh, well I just need to get a new phone because of yep. the battery. Okay. And um it's what to buy really. Um something that takes photos. Yep. Um You've got an yep. iPhone right now though, don't you? I have got a 5S. yep. And
2: and I mean have you used it's any wonderful. other any other people So look I I mean I want to say there's some great cheap affordable amazing phones out there. Yeah, like, yeah. I've just reviewed the TCL 20 series $299. Unbelievable, like unbelievable, great phone, yep. and it's brand new. Like, I, 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 honestly, I want you to know that's the bar. That's the bar we, we, we're setting ourselves now, $299 to $499. There's amazing phones in that price range, and there's no reason why okay. you shouldn't just buy one of those. If, you know, emails, text messages, well, I don't know, WhatsApp, what are we on, Facebook, taking photos, what else are you doing?
1: Um, I need an Apple one.
2: I oh, like Apple. Apple. Yeah, well, that's,
1: that's yeah because I've got the computer and the whole yep.
2: It doesn't matter though. I've got an Apple computer and I use different phones all the time. Like this is, I'm just being very clear with you. This is oh, the, okay. the thing is, all we right. all think you think you've the only reason you've got to have an iPhone is if you love your Apple Watch. Oh,
1: okay. It's about the only okay. thing
2: that literally only links with an iPhone. Um,
1: okay. But that said, I thought I needed it because of my computer and my my photos go go direct to my. Mac
2: so absolutely and there stored. are there are alternatives to all that but I'm going to okay. tell you right now even though I can save you hundreds of dollars I'm also going to create okay. work for you because you're going to need to you know move your photos to say Google Photos or something else you're going to have to use a different sy- okay. system so there's work involved in saving that money for you right okay the alternative is just buy a new iPhone right now you've got a 5S yep. right now um, this next phone have you had that since new yes so that's lasted you a really good time. That's obviously been well looked after. That's a great phone, and you need now to upgrade. The cheapest iPhone you can buy is the iPhone SE, which starts at $649. $679, sorry. And it's still got the home button at the bottom that you've currently got. Um, it's just got the guts of an iPhone, uh, iPhone 11. It's got a better battery, obviously, but it's a good, good size and all those things. If you want to... Kind of step it up a gear. Obviously, there's more expensive iPhones, the entry-level iPhone 12. And if you are thinking this is going to be my next five-year phone, and it should be because you've cared for this one as well, then you're talking about $1,200 for the iPhone 12. Yeah. Okay? So I yeah. think that's that's important to know the you kind of spending ranges. $679 gets you the cheapest possible iPhone. $1,199 gets you... Probably the best entry iPhone you can get right now. And if you buy a case, you put a screen protector on it, that thing is gonna last you as well as that iPhone five um, uh, S E did or five S did. Absolutely. It's a great phone. Um, so
1: pay pay yeah, I mean I was gonna I was gonna buy it out, right? Yeah, definitely. So um to keep my very cheap plan. Who are you with? Telstra.
2: You got a cheap plan with Telstra, what are you paying? Forty five a month. How, how much do you get? Uh, and as much as I know. Which is how much? Do you know how much you're paying for? No. Like if I said you had, do you have 10 gig of data?
1: Um, I can't, I don't know.
2: Can't I can't remember. Again, <laughs> I'm just trying to be that guy that says, you're yeah, doing yeah. great, you've got a cheap plan, but do you know how much I pay a month? No. 30. Oh, okay. And, and I'm on the Telstra network as well. I use Boost what? Mobile. And I get forty gigabytes a month.
1: Okay. Um, no, I, I did I did ring Telstra yesterday and I can't remember how much was on there because they got me to look it up.
2: So all I'm saying is um, you know, they can't
1: offer me no they can't offer me anything less than forty five. And,
2: and absolutely no, that's, I've got ca- that's the place they sit. But you're doing the right thing. You're gonna buy the phone outright. Buy it outright and do these things yep. as two big things. Buy your phone, yeah. switch over, get your new phone running, awesome, that's good, wonderful, happy. Then, say to yourself, 45 bucks a month, okay, that's good, but can I do better? And remember this okay. in the back of your mind at all times, Boost Mobile is essentially just Telstra with a different brand, um, because you even use your Telstra login to uh, to, to log into the Boost app. <laughs> I switched from Telstra to Boost, and it was I'm literally using my Telstra login still, but the, um, it's prepaid and I'm paying way less because I'm paying for what I need, not what they're offering me. Like, Telstra yep. may be giving you 60 gigabytes of data, but how much are you using? Because if you're using five or six, why on earth are you paying $45 a month? So this is a, okay. this is a next life admin thing to say, what could I do if I save $15 a month? What could I do with that money at the end of the year? What could I buy my family for Christmas with that savings? It's just, you know, it's, it's simple stuff, right? Um, there's money to be saved in mobile phones. That's all I'm saying. To you. Yeah.
1: Okay. So Boost is prepaid.
2: Boost is prepaid. You can set it to auto top up. Like I haven't done much since I joined them a couple of months ago. It's easy. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. It's worth looking around. Is all I'm saying. But on the mobile okay. phone itself, yep. case. Yep. I feel like your your best investment, if you can afford it, is the is the standard iPhone 12. Um, at 11.99. Oh, standard.
1: 12 is 1199.
2: A standard 12 is 1199 and the okay. and the, the cheapest iPhone is the SE that's 679.
1: Personally yeah, and, if,
2: and- if you got the 1200 I'd go the 12 because it's a much newer uh, better bigger screen it's all the, all the things that it should be in a in a phone you buy in 2021 that you are going to keep till 2025.
1: That's right. Um, what about the eleven? Not the go go the twelve instead of the eleven. Well there's not much difference. The two hundred
2: dollars difference. There, there's very little difference, right? So yes, you can still buy a brand new iPhone eleven. Um and let, let's have a look. Yeah, um there's actually not even twelve hundred. Oh, there is, it's nine ninety nine, you're right. Um yep. Honestly, go to an Apple store and hold them both in your hand because yes. there's a stark difference between the way they feel. One of them has round yes. edges, one of them has square edges, and make sure the screen is on. The iPhone 12 screen goes further to the edge, it, like pushes the, the edge of the phone out further, whereas the iPhone 11 has this bigger border around it. And simple little things like that make me feel like I've got a much better phone because it's newer and it pushes the boundaries a bit. But it may okay. not at all be what you need. I, I, I uh. Honestly, I don't have a problem if you rang me back in four years and said, I bought the iPhone SE in 2021. It's been great. That's what you'll say because it, it will be a great phone at $679. I just think okay. that it's it's also now the only phone with a home button. So, yes, you should be looking at getting an iPhone with the full screen and the swipe gestures and all those cool things that come with uh, with Face ID and all that new stuff.
1: Okay. The other thing is, yeah, with my fingers, um, you need a little bit bigger button. So, you're right. Go check them out. Hold them. My yeah. granddaughter's got an XR, and I'll tell you what, it's like a brick, and it's, it's not a brick, it's heavy, heavy like a
2: brick. Well, for that, very that's a good, heavy. that's a very good reason why, I mean, I, I'm holding the iPhone 12, the standard version in my hand right now, it doesn't yeah. feel heavy to me, but compared to an iPhone 5S, it may well, which is why yeah. you should hold the, the SE as well, you should hold that cheap yeah. standard phone, you may prefer it simple.
1: I'll go do that. Yeah. No, I just picked up my daughter's, uh, my granddaughter's last night, and I said, she's, her ex I said, this is so heavy. Feel yeah. my ass. She said, I can't believe the difference yeah. in the weight. Yeah. And yeah. when you've got it in your handbag, that's a big consideration. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you.
2: I, that's why I don't use the bigger. listen, while you're there, pick up the big one, the iPhone 12 Max, and you'll realize how heavy they can be. Yep. All right, good luck. Happy shopping.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very, very much for getting back to me. No, and my that's problem. My pleasure. Wonderful, and that gives me a few extra things to go look at now.
2: Good stuff. Enjoy the shopping experience. Thank you very <laughs> much. Good on you. Bye now. And <laughs> if you've got a question like Carol, get in touch anytime. Just go to the website, eftm.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast.
1: EFTM Podcast.
2: Cracking through your calls. If you've got a question, go to the website, EFTM.com. Trevor Long here helping you out with your tech questions. Graham's on the line. G'day, Graham.
0: G'day, Trevor. How are you?
2: Yeah, really good, mate. What can I do for you?
0: Oh, look, uh, I haven't got a big house, but I've got a, a big problem in one little corner of it. It's uh-huh. uh, the furthest point from the modem. Um, but, um, and I've tried a Wi Fi extender. Yep. Um, And it doesn't appear to rectify the problem. It does to some degree, but not enough to keep the person in that room happy.
2: (laughs) Now, um, that's important that we keep people happy, okay? Very important. Now, I'll tell you why Wi-Fi extenders aren't amazing. They were great when they first came out because they they were the only solution. But if you put the Wi-Fi extender halfway between um, the modem and that problem room, then the, the signal at that halfway point is the signal that is multiplied, right? So if the halfway point is only half the speed, then you're actually only amplifying half the speed. It can't amplify more than it gets there. So most of the time, the the modem is at the, or the extender is actually even further than halfway away because you've got to find a power point or whatever it might be, and you end up with that being the problem. You're actually extending, and the person in that room is seeing Full Wi-Fi. It's like, wow, the Wi-Fi looks amazing. But actually, the testing will show that the speeds are horrible. Is that your experience?
0: Um, yeah. What I actually did was I did put the testing thing on my app, on yep. my mobile, yep. and I went to the points, and the strong, the last strongest point, which was receiving the, the 100% output of the yes. uh, modem, that was where I put the extender. Yep. Uh, and that didn't seem to... It helped it a little bit, but not, not enough.
2: So, uh, you know, how important is this? I mean, how much are you willing to invest in this problem is my my number one question.
0: As little as possible. I'm only a pensioner.
2: So, I mean, the issue here is that the only solution to these problems is a, is a, is a better Wi-Fi network, and these days we're talking what we call mesh, mesh networks. Right. Now, there's a bunch of them on the market, um, and you certainly, you know... Can look at all the different options. Um, I've always uh, advocated for Orbi, not just because they they've advertised with me for years, but because they, they just make a product that works. Um, right. D-Link have a product, and you've got a very small place, so you probably don't need one of the ones that has you know huge numbers of little devices, if you like. But no. you know, you are talking three hundred dollars plus, like three to four hundred, no. is going to be your entry level stuff. Um, I'm just going to look at Amazon. Eero. So Amazon just sent me a pack to review. Um, they've launched their Eero brand. And yeah, they start at 349 So I would argue that 349 is the kind of entry level price for um, a, a, a Wi-Fi a mesh network for your home. But I can also almost hand on heart guarantee you that it will solve your problems in an instant. And you will get that 100% speed in every part of the home.
0: Yeah, Trev. Yeah, happy with that. But
2: have you thought about moving the modem, Graham?
0: Uh, that's where the power, the phone line comes into the home.
2: It can be moved. I mean, it might be cheaper to get a Sparky to to run the phone connection further into the house. I mean, let's say you paid 150 I don't know what a sparky cost, but let's say that was 150 bucks. That's half the price of getting a different Wi-Fi yeah, system. Yeah, and you, but, you put that modem in the centre of the house and your problems are solved.
0: Yeah, but uh, what, what, what confuses me is I've got the strongest point and where I've got the extender is the hallway. Yeah. If, if you're walking down the hall towards some, the extender, the room on the right, at the bottom... Um, drops off with the extender, drops off maybe 5%, which is still brilliant. Um, I'm on a 50 plan and I'm getting mid-40s in that room on the right. The room on the left, that's where the problem is. Is there other outside things that affect the life away?
2: Absolutely. You know, it can be um, electronics in the way. Um, Your your fridge might be, you know, interfering. There, no. there's, there's, there's anything in the world that, that could – it could just be the, the construction of the wall. Um, it could be the wiring in the wall. It could be a number of things that, that cause yeah. that one room to have that issue. Um,
0: no, if I got a mesh, I might still have the same problem.
2: No, but see, what you would do is you would you would likely put the, um, the mesh satellite, and hopefully you have multiple of them, you put one in the hallway and one in that actual room. And so what oh, they I'm do, not- especially – and this is the other problem. The more you invest in the mesh, the better it will be. Um, right. Some some mesh networks are what we call tri-band, and so they have one network that all that happens on that network is the communication of these little little devices to each other, and so that's uh-huh. a kind of clear uh-huh. and consistent uh-huh. network. Whereas the other parts of the network are open and and all your devices connect to. The other thing I right. get you to do before you invest any money with that extender in place is in that in that bedroom that's the problem with the extender in place. Make sure that you have not just disconnected from the other network, but forget the other Wi-Fi network. So forget the primary Wi-Fi network because what you've got with an extender is two networks. You've got a primary network and the one that kind of normally says dash EXT or extended or something like that. Yep. Delete the other network from your phone so that you're only guaranteed to be connecting to the extender um, and see whether that helps. And the other oh. thing you can do is do a bit of research into um, tinkering around... With the what we call the channel of your Wi-Fi network. So, Wi-Fi networks operate at a certain frequency, but there's also a bunch of different channels. And Uh if there are apps you can install that'll tell you whether or not there's multiple. Like your neighbours might be using the same channels, and actually changing channels can also improve your Wi-Fi consistency.
0: Great. That raises a question then. What if I be sneaky and ring up my internet provider and get them to help me from their technical division with those channels?
2: Absolutely. So what I do is ignore the extender. So yeah. unplug the extender and ring your internet provider and ask them yeah. to help you change channels of Wi-Fi because you are worried about interference uh, from your neighbours and the, and the other, other Wi-Fi networks in the area. Yeah. So just right. work on the root cause, the modem itself, yeah. and yep. then bring back the, the conversation about the extender. Okay?
0: Lovely. Lovely. Good, good That's luck, great. Graham. Thanks,
2: my all right, mate. See you. Bye, and if you've got a question like Graham, happy to do my best to help. Um, the other thing, and I didn't say it to Graham because, you know, it's all obviously just an option, but, you know, your geeks to you, those kind of scenarios, when you are out of your own depth. And uh, let me tell you, Graham sent me a floor plan of his house uh, with measurements and speed tests. He's done a lot of effort done a lot of work. Um, so at this point, you kind of go, I'm pulling my hair out, uh, trying to get someone in to help. That is obviously a solution as well. Anyway, we'll do our best to try and help as best we can here on the EFTM podcast. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, about time you jumped in and gave a you know, star rating to the podcast. And hell, while you're there, go to the App Store and leave a star rating and a review of the EFTM app. I would uh, appreciate any positive uh, reviews. If you've got negative reviews, send me a bloody email. Um, remember, it's version one, minimal viable product. Um, But, you know, the widgets, hey, they're cool. Let's talk about widgets. Widgets are cool. Um, And also, I've got a bunch of EFTM merch, by the way, that I'm giving away on Sunday, Sunday night. I think I'll do it. Um, If you have installed the app and you have got widgets, go to the website. There's a a comp form you can fill in to uh, uh, send a screenshot of the widgets on your phone. And I'm going to pick five people get the new metal hat, brand new. It's on shop.eftm.com now. Five people get the uh, leather uh, patch hat, and uh, five people get the new wooden keyring. Five people get the new metal keyring. So there's new keyrings as well this week. Haven't picked them up yet, but they're, they're here. So I've merch this weekend. I'm giving it away. All you got to do is have the EFTM app and show me your widgets. Show us your widgets, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back again soon on the EFTM podcast. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM.